Welcome to the Improv in Practice podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Wilson, bringing you interviews, inspiration, and information on improvised theater with Synergy Theater. You can find Synergy Theater's classes, workshops, performances, and more at synergytheater.com. That's S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y theater.com. Okay, lights down, curtain up. Hello, friends. It's your fellow improviser, Sarah here. Today, Valerie, Jord, and I talk about Synergy's upcoming show, The Mating Game. The new show at the Lesher Center in Walnut Creek, California, starts April 13th. Valerie and I discuss what we're looking forward to about the show and what we remember about the 70s. We also talk about the origins of this podcast and why Valerie, Synergy's number one fan and videographer, hasn't taken any improv classes yet. The Mating Game is created and directed by Valerie Regalia, a Synergy Theater player and past guest of the podcast. Hi, Val. Get your tickets for the new show by visiting SynergyTheater.com. And check out the class list while you're there. New in-person and online classes start every six weeks. Okay, on to the show. Valerie, it's so nice to speak with you today. Hi, Sarah. I'm sitting near a window and the sun is coming in. Now we're in California, but this is a big deal because we've had a ton of rain lately. Yes. Right? We have, right? So, it's not sunny California right now. <laughs> it hasn't been, but again, I feel like I should not complain when compared to other places in the United States. I feel sheepish, but I can't <laughs> I can't stop talking about the weather. And it's a thing. If anyone is listening to this outside of California, Californians love to talk about the weather with each we other. We do. The weather well, we... <laughs> and, and traffic. These, these are the top two, definitely within the top five of things that we talk about. Yeah. We, we live for both. Mm-hmm. We die over both. It's just, mm-hmm. And, you know, especially the Bay Area has so many microclimates. Mm-hmm. Me in South City with my fog and wind versus 15 miles, you know, south or north. Completely different. I agree. I'm always checking the weather. I'm, I'm obsessed with weather. <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. Like which weather app am I going to consult today? Hmm. The other one that I consulted yesterday was two degrees off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're more extreme than I. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, well, the weather for the upcoming the mating game show at the lecture oh, by Synergy right. Theater is not going to be a factor like it was for Myth and Magic. Oh, thank goodness. That was one of the things that just, I don't like driving at night anymore. And especially if it's rainy, uh, double jeopardy for me. Yep. I See, just... weather and traffic. <laughs> Both. And, and then you throw in a bridge or two. I have to get oh, a bridge and a tunnel. It. Or a I tunnel. Need... Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like, oh man, I hope I can keep doing this in the winter time. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how much can I convince Ken to change his show <laughs> to another month? Oh no. <laughs> he would listen. He's he's a great listener, uh world world class, as you know. But I yeah, and then it, I don't know if he would go I for know. that. That um, seems kind of selfish since I'm probably the only one commuting from the peninsula. <laughs> oh, I'm sure others were like, I'm all wet going into the Vukasan <laughs> theater to see Myth and Magic, but it was totally 
worth it. Was it was so worth it. And, and it was fun to talk to Lynn in our last episode about how the weather factored into their set design. That's right. Oh my goodness. What a trooper Eileen was. To I do know. All she did. Yeah. Considering that I, I guess that some of the rain destroyed some of her props. It was yeah. challenging. Yeah. Well, they did the majority of the set in paper mache. That's right. It, I mm-hmm. think in Eileen's garage when <laughs> it was pouring down rain and as you know, it needs to dry. So it, it was, it was a challenge, but oh man, that set looked amazing. And the branches on the tree only fell off one time that just I, once. that I saw, and they just worked it into a scene. It was beautiful. They did. In fact, I think Nikki ran into the tree. <laughs> I think the tree would have been standing, but she used it strategically in the scene, Yes, which makes improv so fun. And I think that's what you mentioned one or two shows ago. Yes. Is that the fact that it's not scripted uh, makes it even more magical. Right. Oh, I love those moments. I've said this before. <laughs> it's all improvised theater, mm-hmm. but when the absolute unexpected happens, then yes. I catch my breath because I know they're going to attempt to, <laughs> to wrap it in and just build on it like any other offer. And I love those moments. They're so good. It's like the juicy moment where they're not expecting it. We, we never know what we're expecting, really. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can hope. But yeah, when it's just a double blind scenario, uh-huh. like, love it. how's it going to go? How's it going to go? Mm-hmm. And so I love the suspense of that. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of suspense, I am in suspense as far as what the new set for the mating game is going to be like. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it. Now, I, I remember the, the dating game. I would have watched reruns of that when I was a kid, homesick from school. And I, <laughs> it feels like I was homesick a lot from school. And <laughs> so it, it seems like I watched a lot of episodes of Did you? <laughs> the dating game. And Perry Mason. I love that oh, show. Yeah. Perry Mason too. Wow. And and Murder She Wrote with Angela Lansbury. So that you got all the good ones. Oh my gosh. I, abs- <laughs> those were my three. I mean, I was I hated being sick, but I also kind of didn't because I got to watch those shows. And I Oh my goodness. And loved, they seem like they'd be before your time also. I love but- well, they were the we didn't have cable TV. Okay. So neither did we. So we so those were my options. Um, mm. And I, yeah, because of Perry Mason and Murder, She Wrote, I wanted to be a, a private, oh, a private yes. detective when I was little. Yeah. You know, both of those would be good future shows too. Right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. And I mean, then sprinkling in the, the dating game to Murder, She Wrote and Perry Mason, <laughs> I, I was absolutely convinced what was that. was so intriguing about that show? The, which one? The dating game. Oh, well, because it absolutely confirmed my instinctual belief that that adults were crazy. <laughs> like what adult in their right mind would just date a random stranger based on questions? <laughs> but, you know, I was fascinated, too. And being a, a kid watching that, you sort of thought, well, is this real life? Is this really how mom and dad, what? <laughs> all of, <laughs> all of my assumptions of, a, of adult behavior 
were both confirmed and then influenced going forward from that show, the dating game. It's just so wild. I, yeah. I haven't started watching again. I want to, obviously. I want to watch the original and then the online series by Valerie because I feel like I, I need to beef up and do my homework and oh, yeah. my research before we go into the actual show. Yes. And I would love to have Valerie back on. <laughs> we must. To talk must about how, how she came up with this idea because she came up with it during COVID, during lockdown, and it translated to the zoom format beautifully and it was every episode was so entertaining (laughs) and and some did just get weird and crazy but (laughs) a lot of unexpected things happened but it was it it was so enjoyable and I I really do want to have Valerie on to talk about yes yeah and then how she's gonna now bring it to 3d life right in person that's going to be something. All of Ken's posts have been giving little clues about it, but mostly it's just like this. I've never done anything like this before. It's so innovative. And all Griffin told me is, well, Griffin told me a little bit because I don't know if you, you knew, but originally they were only going to have six people on the show, which means, and sometimes they have up to 10, maybe. I'm not sure the total amount in their theater group right now, but it sounded like originally they couldn't have everyone in every show like they did for Myth and Magic, but they found a way to work that in. So it's not a limited cast and it's taking place in the 70s, which I guess is when the original dating game took place. So expect some really cool outfits. And speaking of set design, I'm picturing giant flowers, right? <laughs> well, I, yes, orange, purple, yellow, right. and green. Totally. Very yeah. groovy looking, 70s, but also, what is the, that design called? Is it is it now referred to as retro 70s? I guess so, I, yeah. I guess back then it was <laughs> modern. That's how my mom decorated our house. Oh yeah, we had, oh gosh, we had, <laughs> we had green carpet, uh-huh. green drapes, a brown couch, ye- yellow tables, and mm. I, I promise you the tile in my parents' kitchen was only remodeled in the last 10 years so yeah they kept that yellow tile it was oh they kept it for decades well I don't know that they make tile like that anymore because (laughs) that it did not chip it looked at like the day they installed it oh and the carpet well we had a green rug shag rug and then Mm -hmm. the carpet underneath that was a nice tan brown color but yeah that was the color palette of my youth (laughs) <laughs> and murder she wrote perry mason and the dating game that's that was it and i hope they they bring this to the stage right i hope they can find some furniture and i know eileen will build what she can but i'm so looking forward to this and the outfits and the hairstyles it's gonna be amazing yeah and this one i i anticipate they're gonna have so much fun with because it is pure fun in <laughs> contrast to spontaneous hitchcock that was mm. that was a very heavy dark murder dark, was the theme really. yeah uh, a show and they carried that beautifully they wanted to hit all of the suspense notes and the the dread 
and more of the dark side of human nature. Then we mm-hmm. went to, then we went to myth and magic and that was more lighthearted and had less of a formal structure. It was more of a gather around the fire. We're going to tell you the story of our origins kind of feel to it, gods and goddesses. But this one, the mating game can be pure fun. And I anticipate they'll be a little bit more relaxed on stage and they just love this one. They loved it from the start. And I think they're going to love to bring it to life on stage as well. Oh, I cannot wait. What has Griffin said about the rehearsals? Griffin said it's going to be one, like a live day where they're leading up to the actual game show. So it's going to be behind the scenes backstage where they're getting the contestants ready, the interviewer ready. There's all the the stage people. And when they actually go on air, it's going to be like 20 minutes. That sounds amazing. Hi, just Sarah here. I have an update. Since this recording, I heard from Ken that the entire show does take place on the set of The Mating Game as the show is on air. Backstage scenes will play a supporting role to the show's main premise, which is the improvised game show that's more than a game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I, I do know how much Ken loves to develop characters. And right now in our improv for class, which is online on Sundays, that's what we're working on. We are working on deepening and taking the time to flesh out our chosen characters, all improvised. But it's for me, it's been a lesson in taking my characters seriously. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because in my experience in improvising a scene with someone else, I have not until now really taken my character seriously as a character that's integral to a plot. And hmm. yeah, and it it's an incredible class. The other students are wonderful and I'm really learning a lot. So that, that format for the mating game sounds great because then the audience will come to care about the characters involved. And That's then, right. yeah. And then the, the actual show part of it, where there's a bachelor or bachelorette or a person going into the show that the stakes are raised. Yes. For that person. Doesn't that sound amazing? Yes. Like, that, that sounds I, like Ken's genius. And that's going to be wonderful. What, what else has Griffin said? That's about it. Being a, a nosy mother and all, I just, I want to know. I'm like, well, how's rehearsal going? Yeah. In all fairness, I, I know it's new to them, but it's also, like you said, it sounds so fun. It's not so out of this world, like being a god or, or goddess. And even though they're going back in time to the 70s, I feel like everyone can go back to the 70s, right? We all have like a disco moment (laughs) or even though most people were born after that time, it's very relatable. It's a very relatable period. Yes. It's not so far in the past that it is a mystery and the fashion, some of the fashion is still here, still here today. I don't feel like it ever left. What is interesting is to me is I don't know how much detail Griffin will give you, even though you are his mom (laughs) and and Synergy Theater's number one fan and videographer uh, that in both of our experiences, when we have, have asked before, Hey, you know, how's it going when they they are in rehearsal for a new show, they are pretty mum because they don't want to give away too much. No, 
I, I feel like they all sign a, an NDA or something. Like <laughs> there's no disclosure. Anybody like they would do with any major film like Lucas or Spielberg would like, you can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> no discussion, which makes it even more intriguing to me. Griffin is very professional. He'll tell me what he can, but he won't give everything away. So I, I let my imagination go wild. Absolutely. Speaking of that. All right. If you could cast a bachelor or bachelorette person and <laughs> two potential mates, <laughs> what type of characters would you cast off the top of your head? What type of character would be a great character to bring? Well, this is funny that you mentioned that because I just read online that I think it was John Travolta's birthday today. Mm. Like the disco guy, right? Mm -hmm. And they had a picture of him doing Saturday Night Fever. I'm like, what a fun person he was back then. And he was such a huge star even then to have, what was his character in Welcome Back, Cotter, Vinny or something. And I don't actually even remember his name from Saturday Night Fever, but to have such just this bigger than life looking disco king guy <laughs> as the interviewer. I mean, you'd think he can get any mate he wants, right? But he has to resort to a game show <laughs> to interview people. And I, I see like very super intelligent women, obviously, and or daring women like an Amelia Earhart type or Marie Curie <laughs> being like on the other side. How different would that be to have a disco king interviewing like a scientist and an engineer? That's the kind of thing that gets me going because it just sounds so implausible. Like, would they even find each other attractive? They, they seem so opposite. Yes. How would those characters interact? Yeah, it seems very typical, like on some TV shows that even the brainy woman or the, if she's a DA or whatever she's playing, she still succumbs to the good looking guy or gal or whatever, right? It's like, well, that, if that's human nature, maybe. How, how they, they wired us to be attracted to a mate. Is it really, do you notice hair or eyes? The first thing you don't notice someone's brain. What about you? I do. I love thinking about that, Valerie. It's like, why do, <laughs> why do some people consider other people attractive? And mm -hmm. even, even when you ask someone, they might not be able to say, and, and so many of the relationships that, that I know, so many people who have partners, they have picked partners that I would not pick for them. Right. And, but it works. <laughs> and I just love thinking about that. Like, why did this person end up with <laughs> this person? And it works. Yes. And, and that's another thing that when I, after watching this show online was such an escape because then my mind was like, oh, I, they played those characters so well. And isn't that funny that this person ended up with this person and it was just mm -hmm. so great. Okay. So for me, I, I would like to see a bachelorette that is like a outdoor adventurer and, or kind of like a crocodile Dundee character. <laughs> um, or, oh, wow. or, or Steve Irwin type character who is a science educator, but has their own platform, be it like a TV show or something like that. She's, she has no fear. And then for, <laughs> love it. for the potential love interests, I would like to see 
<laughs> someone who maybe is an accountant and slightly agoraphobic. <laughs> and then the other person would be, oh, uh, the other person would be a politician. Oh. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I'd like to see those three characters oh, interact. So good. So good. Oh, yeah. yours are so good too. <laughs> well, I'm again, I'm pulling from what I've been learning in Ken's Improv 4 class online and what I've experienced there. And really over all of Ken's classes, there is always an emphasis on character development. Yes, it's improvised. Yes, you go into a scene totally open and without any preconceived ideas. Once you're in the scene, though, if you trust yourself and your partner, a character will come out and then you can deepen this character given the techniques that can educate you on. And it's just, it makes for an amazing scene. And then by 99% of the time, by the end of the scene, I am totally surprised hmm. ab about how much gravity the scene had. Uh, wow. and it could be a short, simple scene. I'm looking forward to the character development here. And yeah, I can't wait. I have to ask you though, have you, you know, I'm, I'm very reluctant to ever do anything like improv myself. What about a topic comes up that you know nothing about? It's to me, that's just one of, I, I work in construction and sometimes I fear that somebody will throw something out at me, <laughs> a technical term and I'll just be like, I don't know. And and I am, I'm very honest. And I'll say, oh, I'm just going to have to check for more information about that. Yeah. Well, that's that's real life. And that's what we do in, in real life. But in improv, you may not know anything about the topic or situation, but your character could know everything oh. about it. <laughs> really and truly. And what your character knows about a certain topic is not the heart of that scene. It's always about the relationship. So your character could be a professor of ecology at a world-renowned university. <laughs> and I don't know anything about that. And <laughs> but but it actually it doesn't matter what I don't know. Wow. The heart, mm. the heart of the scene is is this professor in love with their student and is it a for, <laughs> is it a forbidden romance and what are the oh. what are the stakes there and or is the professor considering quitting even after getting tenure and <laughs> because the professor cannot stand working with this younger assistant professor that obviously knows way more than they do it, it, i mean it's <laughs> that that is what you concern yourself with. Um, wow. In those, oh my goodness. in those scenes is, is, is what is the heart of the scene? What is going to make people relate and then also sit up and sit at the edge of their seat. Uh, hmm. And it's always, always, always the relationship between the people. Okay. In the scene. I think I get it now because that's just something that's just always bugged me. It's like, you know, somebody's going to ask something. I know absolutely nothing about ecology, <laughs> but honestly, the audience, you're right. Doesn't care about that. No, it's I, not. About <laughs> who cares about professors of ecology? <laughs> Nobody. It's the relationship. You're right. Yeah. It's 
You're so right. So I, it's just shifting my mindset, mm-hmm. you know, where I feel like oh, I could never do that because I don't know enough. Yeah. And you were not afraid when you were a kid and you were pretending and you were running around pretending with a friend and you were pretending that you were, I don't know what you pretended horses or <laughs> pretending that you were name it. I mean, you didn't care that you didn't know how to be a horse or, or <laughs> right. It didn't matter because what mattered, what mattered was the play. What mattered was, was the story. What mattered was what challenges you faced or what your goals were or defeating the ogre, you know, to, to get the treasure. I mean, that is what mattered. Doesn't, it didn't matter that you weren't an expert horse. That's so true. It's the same with improvised theater. If you are a human and you, (laughs) and and you you like stories, you then are a wonderful candidate for an improviser. And I think it's just a matter of time before you end up in one of the improv classes, Val. I know. I feel like uh, I'm getting, you know, so many invitations. I feel like I should, but can I just like be the anonymous donor <laughs> or, or the mother who video? Well, you be, you be you. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change you. I, I would only say though, that it's fun. It must be fun because fun. you you're so cool and so many other people have synergy that I would never expect. Like look at Ben, you know, some people who truly look like accountants or whatever. You don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't expect them to be so theatrical. And oh my goodness, they're like the best. I think it's it's just so great what Ken's doing with this group and how it's evolved. And I haven't even been involved that long, like since 2018. I don't know when you started, but yeah, how much it's changed and developed. And of course, through the pandemic, how much I've seen my own son grow and develop with them as an actor and performer. And he truly has a theatrical voice now. I've never heard him speak like he does now, like he can really throw his voice out in the audience. Even his father said, wow. You don't need microphones. Sometimes I think we we could have microphones like other plays do, but they truly can throw their voice out in that little theater. And then I'm transported. It seems like it doesn't look like much. It's a small looking theater. I don't see any fancy audio equipment, but once they're on stage, that's all you care about. It's just, it's magical. And again, I've seen every show since 2018 and it still surprises me what they do. I would love to see you try a class uh, and it's not it's not as scary as as you think and it i know that that afterward you'd be very glad that you tried it when you first start out hmm. there there is awkwardness but i love that i love that awkwardness it's so human and it's it's just so fun you just feel i i try to think back to like the first class i had with ken we were in yeah, tell uh, me about that. We were in the studio in Berkeley and there was just one other guy. It was just the three of us oh. and a complete stranger. <laughs> and Ken, Ken was there and he welcomed us in and he's like, I'm so sorry. There was another person that was going to be here tonight, but they couldn't make it. So it's just the three of us and we can continue if you would like. And, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> and, and so it was it, it was awkward, but it was also so fun. And I was, I was from, from that moment on, 
I wow. was, I, I was dedicated to being a, a perpetual student and supporter of Synergy Theater. And I cannot say enough about how it has benefited my life. And I just cannot wait to, wow. to yeah, I just cannot wait to be a witness to how <laughs> Synergy Theater grows and continue to take classes because it's, it is just wonderful. Were you doing podcasts then when you started? No, that came out of COVID. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I mean, it's pretty recent. We're all we're right. I, we're all in lockdown, and it it was a question of all right, what can I do to just get my head out of this space that the world is in? I, I and and so my creative pursuits just came right to the front, and wow, and and I was like, I have always wanted to do. Huh a podcast. I've always wanted to do it. And <laughs> podcasts are my like main form of, of huh. new, news and entertainment. And I really just wanted so bad to, to do it. And Ken supported me in my efforts and, wow. and was, was like, sure, if you want to do it, do it. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it was. And then you here sound we, like you've been doing it for years. Here we are. Well, when you're a fan of something, it's, it's, easy, right? Just so natural. I well, mean, your voice and your, you know, everything you do, it's like, oh my gosh, she's, she's a professional. <laughs> the first time I heard you interviewing Synergy. Yeah. I was just blown away because honestly, I could have sworn you've been doing this like forever. Well, I wonder if it wouldn't be the same for you doing improv <laughs> in a class because oh my goodness, I, I mean, you already have the education. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, you, you've talked about how much Griffin has grown. Well, you've been to every show. You're right. I have. <laughs> yes, it has rubbed off on me, but honestly, I just, I have to think about that more. I, I'm really intrigued though, hearing your backstory on everything, which is why I love doing these podcasts because this is the information I don't get talking to everyone from Synergy. It's fascinating. Yes. Each person that is involved in Synergy Theater, whether it be a student or a performer, they are just so great. And yes, so great to, to speak to and listen to, and their stories are always wonderful. And so I feel so grateful to be able to do this and talk to the people that are involved in Synergy Theater and encourage others to give it a try. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if anyone can do it, you can. You're such a good advocate for getting new students. You're halfway talk me, talking me through it now, like, oh, maybe I should try it. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee you it is not anywhere near how scary you think it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It seems scary. And but again, you and well, just like the other characters like Lynn and Eileen, who just come to life on stage. Mm -hmm. You would never think that. Yeah. Not even Ken, right? No, oh, I mean yeah. Ken just wearing like his hoodie and you mm -hmm. know his his sneakers mm -hmm. on the street. Like, okay, it looks like he's a barista or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But I love that about each of them too. It just makes mm -hmm. it that much more accessible for everyone. And I yeah, I, abs I absolutely believe that improv can be for anyone. I think you're right. I think everyone's got to give it a shot. So last question, or actually comment that 
I hope that we can coordinate some 70s outfits together <laughs> when we go oh. to a show. <laughs> oh, my. You can pick like, okay, you, you're going to do like the green and purple tonight and I'll do the red and orange. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Ken would be, would. Can we do that? <laughs> like he would have a night that would be an audience costume night. We have so- to suggest that. Seems like this one would be so fun if we can really get into the 70s mood. Yes. Yes. It will be so fun. Are you have a class tomorrow? I do. Yeah. Just bring that up casually. Okay. Well, if we both, <laughs> if we both bring it up to Ken, then maybe he'll be like, well, uh, yeah. I he, you know, he, what's so great about Ken is that he's so open to whatever idea. He and, really is. Yeah. He I is. love that about him. Yeah. And I, I love how he always encourages mm-hmm. everyone to just speak their mind and he's, well, that's why his company is so great. Obviously, all the diversity and the, the changing plots and storylines. And I love how this group that he's brought together has really changed my life, truly. I mean, I'm looking forward to April because I, I miss it so much in between. In fact, I'm working on editing the Myth and Magic shows right now. You know, how I just, I slowly put it out there on YouTube. I'm just working on show number three right oh, now. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's yeah. great. And how would people find those recordings of yours? Normally, I just, I make my videos, they're private when I first record them. And then when the shows are over, I do my little edits and then I post them publicly. Unless you're like my friend on Facebook, I don't, there's no other forum that I do. And I, I trust that Ken or Griffin or people who know me on Facebook might share it with others. But I, that's all I've done. We haven't gone larger than that. But I'm having fun going through the myth and magic shows again. Some of them I completely forgot because I went to almost all of them. Anyway, it was just so fun talking. We we have to get another one going soon. Oh yeah. Before uh, the mating game. Yes, we'll figure it out. We'll try to have Valerie, the creator and director In fact, of I'm gonna email her now and I'll yeah. see you. Like, Valerie, please squeeze us in. I'd yes. love to get your input before the show. Okay. Wonderful. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Valerie, thank you so much for talking with me Thanks, today. Sarah, it's as always, always it's always a joy to speak with you. And hi to Griffin. Likewise. And we will talk again soon. Okay. Well, have a great weekend. Thanks, okay. Sarah. Bye. Bye. And that's our show. If you think improv sounds like fun, it is. If you think you'd like to try improv, it's easy. Just go to synergytheater.com and click on School of Improv. Synergy Theater offers beginner, advanced, and master classes. Synergy Theater is also on Facebook. Please rate, review, and follow this podcast. Your support makes a difference. Synergy Theater is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit that depends on the participation of current and future star supporters and improvisers like you. Thank you.